do. My life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this, another opportunity to meditate in your word and to receive a word from you. I'm especially excited about this message. I believe you gave it to me almost eight days ago, and my life has just been on fire ever since. And I believe to set a fire in the hearts of those that are here today and listening online. Lord, we give no place for the enemy to cause confusion or or uh, contention. We just thank you, Father, that we receive your word as humble children in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> as you see, to put your hands together for those that are with us online, on Facebook, and YouTube. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you all with us. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, If you then, being evil, natural, human, carnal, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? We are concluding today a series that I started several weeks ago, three weeks ago particularly, a series based on Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 13. And it's really about receiving the Holy Spirit. When the Bible talks about people receiving the Holy Spirit, it's particularly talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you are born again, undoubtedly, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. But Jesus said you will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The disciples believed that Jesus was raised from the dead, that some of them actually saw him physically. Truly, they believed that he was the Son of God and that he was raised from the dead. And they had received the Holy Spirit before Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1 and Luke chapter 24 to wait until they be endued with power from on high. Undoubtedly, there's a subsequent experience to salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so in this series, how you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very simple. You ask, you receive, and you speak. Um, when we talk about, can you advance for me? How to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I can't baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one who does that. But when you ask the question, how to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's very simply, you ask, you receive, and you speak. For some reason, I've lost connection. If you can, advance for me. All right. So if I were given a title to today's message, it would be called speech therapy. Sometimes if you've ever had a, uh, an experience, a child that's gone to speech therapy, you know, sometimes kids are, are developing and and there may be some concern, and you thank God for pediatricians and so forth. And if the child is not, you know, articulating quite clearly or properly, there's help for that. 
And especially like if individuals are recovering from a stroke or, you know, some injury of sorts, there's actually out there in the world speech therapy. And so um, I'm going to call this message speech therapy because I'm going to help you to speak by faith in the name of Jesus. Now, obviously, you all know millions of Christians don't believe nor understand what I'm teaching you or about to teach you today. There's a lot of confusion in the hearts and minds of many people that genuinely love God. But thank God um, to be able to hear the word of God preached and taught. How can they believe unless they hear? And so the reason why millions of Christians don't believe nor understand what I'll be ministering today is because they they haven't heard it. But thank God you have the opportunity to hear from not just a man, but from the word of God, what God has to say about this particular subject. In Ephesians chapter six, Paul says this by the Holy Spirit writing to us. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful unto this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. How many of y'all know it's important to spend time in prayer? Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit urges us to pray always with all kinds of prayer. But then he uses this, this phrase, in the Spirit. Well, to me, that means praying in tongues. To others, that you know, it may mean to be spirit. I don't know what other people could imagine that to mean. But when you look at this particular phrase as it relates to prayer throughout the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, he is absolutely referring to, as you'll see today, he's talking about praying always in other tongues. And so I want to talk to you about that today from the Word of God. I can't teach you how to pray in tongues. I can't give you the tongues to speak. But I can teach you about speaking in tongues. And this is absolutely for your benefit. In the New Living Translation, the Bible says to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent, and your prayers for believers everywhere. Um, And so our prayer life is so vitally, vitally important. Last week we left off in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 13. Let's read it again. And since we have the spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore what? Speak. I want you to understand this verse clearly. Notice what it says. That we have the spirit of faith. Say out loud. I have the spirit of faith. You know, the Bible actually says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. And if there were any subject in the word of God that would cause people fear, it would be this concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. But notice what the word of God says. He says that we have a spirit of faith, you could say, and not a spirit of fear. And notice about having this same spirit of faith. When you have a spirit of faith about you, we believe, and guess what? We speak as a result of what we believe. We speak as a result of what we believe. The word believe simply means to have faith. So you could say we speak as a result of faith. The Bible teaches teaches us that we walk by faith, come on, and not by sight. I want you to see this in a different translation or whatever my next slide is. Um, So we've learned in this series 
to first ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit by faith. Second, if you want to receive the baptism, receive it by faith. Don't go by what you feel. You may feel nothing when you pray and ask God to give you the Holy Spirit. But the third thing you have to do is you have to speak by faith. What do I mean speak by faith? And that's what I want to focus on today. If you're ready to receive the baptism, take these three steps. Ask him, receive, and then, next slide, begin to speak something that's not your native language. Now, we've already established that every single one of us, under the sound of my voice, have the ability to say words that have no meaning. If you don't want to hear somebody talking to you, la, 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 I'm not listening to you. Right? Now, la, 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 la has no meaning in English, right? It's a sound. It's an expression. Every single one of us have the ability to say things out of our mouths that our mind doesn't understand. And so when you get to that moment to ask him for the Holy Spirit and receive him by faith, don't wait until you hear something or feel something or see something. Don't wait for a rushing mighty wind to fill the room where you are. Don't wait for the room to start spinning or for a, 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 a flicker of flame to be upon your head. No, if you ask in faith, receive by faith and take a step of faith begin to say something that's not English. That's good preaching. And it'll help you tremendously. If you've ever picked up a baby and said, uchi kuchi ku, then you have the ability to say something that's unintelligible, the word that has any English meaning. Goo goo and gaga, come on. Even the letters of our alphabet are not words. You know, the letter C, C is a word. D is a F. You can move your mouth and make sounds out of your body. And all I'm challenging you to do when receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just begin to speak something that's not English. If you do this by faith, number one, you know you're not going to understand it because it's not something that you can understand. But if you do this by faith, what follows in the next moments is so amazing, you'll never forget it. Just like you don't forget that you've been baptized with water, you'll never forget the moment you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, one more time. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. I woke up the other morning, not yesterday, but a week ago from yesterday, so on a Saturday. And I know this was God like I know my day. I didn't hear a voice. But as I was coming out of sleep into consciousness, I heard this question in my spirit. The question was simply this. <clears throat> what am I believing when I'm speaking? When I heard that question, immediately scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture started to going off on the inside of me. Why? You know, my, my teacher, one of my teachers in the faith is, is Brother Kenneth Hagin. He's already gone home to be with the Lord. He's a prophet of God. He said for decades and taught people to find scriptures that promise them the things that they believe, and then they'll have a solid foundation for faith and for prayer. 
You know, sometimes people believe things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they don't have scriptures to go along with it. Everything I've shown you, I've endeavored to couple it with the scripture. This question didn't come for me. This question God gave me for you. If you decide to take a step of faith and begin to say something that makes no conscious sense to your mind, the question is, what are you believing when you speak? Because 2 Corinthians 4 says, we believe and therefore we speak. Can I minister to you what God ministered to me? Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse 14, in the New Living Translation, the Bible says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Sometimes slow down, forget all that you think you know, you thought you learned from folks who didn't know what they were talking about. Amen. I mean, how would I learn, learn from somebody about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and they don't talk in tongues? That's a very interesting thought. Wait, go back. So I want you to just read the word. This is God's word for yourself. Look at this. For if I pray. Now, I is me, but I, when you read it, is you, right? When you or I pray in tongues, what is happening? Your spirit is praying. What else is happening? Your mind doesn't understand what you're saying. Hold that right. Hold that thought right there. Well, wait a minute. I thought I was mind and body. I, I thought I was a soul man. Dun, 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 dun. I'm a soul man. <laughs> you cool, but you are not just a soul man. First Thessalonians 5.23 says that, God, I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus. You are a tripart being. You have a spirit, or you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live inside of your physical body. What you're seeing right now, you are looking out at me through those windows called eyes. Your body is not the real you. That's just the house that you live in. And so it is true for every one of us. When we pray in other tongues, if we take this step of faith challenge, if we begin to say something and we are saying things out of our mouth that are other tongues that we haven't learned, listen, what is happening in that moment? Your spirit is praying, but your mind doesn't understand what you're saying. Look at the next verse. Verse 15 says, well, what? What shall I do? I'm going to pray both ways. I will pray with the Spirit, which is in other tongues. And I will pray in words that I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, which is I'll sing in other tongues. And I will sing in words that I understand. The next verse that I want to show you is back in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. The Amplify, he says it this way. It's just amplification of the same verse. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit... By the Holy Spirit within me prays. It's my spirit. But the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me is praying through me to God. But my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and it helps nobody. So what am I believing when I'm praying? What, what, what should you believe if you do take that step of faith and start speaking in tongues? You should believe, number one... That my spirit is praying. 
If your mind is giving you fits because you sound like La La or Uchiko or whatever it comes out, whatever it sounds like, what you should believe when you're speaking is that I don't know what I'm saying, but my spirit is talking to God. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I want you to look at this for a moment. You know, make sure when you read your word, you understand it. And the only way to do that is to slow down and meditate on what it says. He says that the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us in our areas of weaknesses. One of the number one areas of weakness in the life of the believer is a prayer weakness. How do you know that? He tells us that the area of weakness is you not knowing what you should pray for as you ought. How many of y'all know that's a weakness? Because if you ask not, you receive not. And if you don't know what to pray for, how can you pray for it? Right? So you have not because you ask not, or you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, which means you ask the wrong way. How many have ever had somebody ask you for something, but they ask you the wrong way? Right? They ask you, but they didn't say, please. <laughs> come on. They didn't, they didn't come to you the right way. Right? They just came in the door. I need some money. Right? Well, they, you, you're not asking me the right way. Hello? How you doing? Am I okay? <laughs> you know, right? And so they don't get what they need. They asked you, but they didn't ask the right way. Well, guess what? God designed the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the ability to speak in other tongues to help you on your weak side. Man, I'm preaching good today. For you know not what you should pray for as you are. So what are you believing when you are speaking? You, uh, the, the, the New Living Translation says this. The New Living says, for the Holy Spirit helps us in our what? Weaknesses. Have you ever heard of weak side help? This come up in my heart today when I was doing, well, last night when I was doing my notes. And I'm like, what is it? And then I thought, wait a minute. I, I get that from basketball. In basketball season, the, the commentators during the half, they'll talk about weak side help. That means this guy is over here defending and he's doing the best he can, but the other guys are spread out. The floor is spread out. And if this guy gets beat, they're going to make the basket. So what they need is weak side help or weak side defenders. That if you leave me and beat me, somebody else has got my back. Oh, come on, somebody. Watch this. So God gives you weak side help with the Holy Spirit. So if you're praying in English for your marriage or for your job or for your money or for your body or for your business or for your future, and you're doing the best thing that you can, but the enemy shakes you. Come on, somebody. Because you didn't go to Bible school, so you don't have all of the scriptures and all of the technical things and all of that. And so God gives you the help of the Holy Spirit to cover you in one of the weak areas of your life. Uh, Go back. So he helps you on your weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words that we understand, if I could add. What's the next one? So number two, what do I believe when I'm praying? I don't know about you. I'm helping you. But when I'm praying in an unknown tongue, My spirit is praying, and the Holy Spirit is helping me on my weak side. What's the next one? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's look at this. 
For he who speaks in a tongue, this applies to anybody who speaks in a, ta- a language that they haven't learned. They're speaking in, they're, they're, they're born again, they're baptized with the Holy Spirit, they're speaking in tongues. If they're in their car while they're doing it, if they're in the shower while they're doing it, if they're driving while they're doing it, if they speak in a tongue, they are not speaking to men. They are speaking to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks what? Mysteries. Notice that he's speaking to God, and no one understands him. What does that mean? Number, uh, number three, this means that I'm bypassing the brain. Anybody ever heard of heart bypass surgery? Now, this is pretty cool. I mean, thank God for the technology that, that they've developed machines that will literally, they can, they can literally circulate blood out of your body and back into your body so that they can fix stuff in your heart. You can even have a heart transplant because of bypass surgery, right? Well, when I'm speaking in tongues, my mind doesn't understand. My spirit is bypassing my brain. Come on. My mind could be empty and my spirit could be speaking. Come on, that's good news. And that's very important because when you're looking at a doctor's report that is seemingly impossible, when you're looking at a child that's going in the wrong direction, when you're looking at a job that's choked and, and, the, and the ceiling is over your head and the door has been closed in your face, you need the ability to bypass the brain. What else am I believing when I'm speaking? Number four, I'm believing that I'm speaking mysteries. That's what he said in 1 Corinthians 14 too. He said, I'm speaking not unto to men, I'm speaking to God. No man understands him, which means not every time. See, some people believe about tongues because it's in the Bible and there's occasion that they spoke in tongues and people understood them. And so if it's not with interpretation or it's a language that is understood. Listen, the Bible says concerning this, that if you're speaking in tongues, it's possible that nobody on the planet understands you. Paul said, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... Come on. That means you have the ability to speak in words that nobody in Africa or Asia or South America, nobody understands, including yourself. That was a sidebar. I don't know who it was for. But the second aspect of this verse is that when you speak in the tongues, in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. Now, if you're here and you're already baptized with the Holy Spirit and you already speak in tongues, I need you to understand this revelation that I'm about to share. Because when I speak in tongues, I believe. I believe, therefore I speak. Because of this verse, I speak. Because when I speak in tongues, the Bible says that in the Spirit, I'm speaking mysteries. Now what's unique is the Bible, actually in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he actually talks about speaking mysteries. He says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 7, but we speak the, the wisdom of God in a mystery. He's talking about speaking mysteries. Watch this. Mysteries, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Look at this. How many of y'all know that God's plan for your life wasn't created after your dad met your mom? 
He said he set in motion a plan for your life for before the foundations of the world. He told Jeremiah chapter 1, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I separated you for a divine purpose. It might be a mystery to you what on earth are you here for, what your purpose is for life, what you're supposed to accomplish, but it's no mystery to God. It might be a mystery to you. So what do you know? You know that in the spirit, when you're speaking in other tongues, you're praying out really your life's purpose and things about your life that have been kept secret. You know, you could be in a marriage relationship and then it's just a mystery why, why she won't act right. Come on. Now I got to watch myself because my wife's here on the front row. Amen. Hey, babe. Amen. Good to see you. Hallelujah. It might be a mystery to you why you did everything you could to raise this child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And at this particular moment, it looks like they're going on a wrong path and going in a right, wrong direction. It might be a mystery to you while somebody else's business can, can take off and succeed. But while you're running into a wall and, and it seems like you, you, you're almost to the point where you got to quit. I'm here to tell you, you've got to believe that when you speak in other tongues, you're praying out mysteries that you don't know and you haven't been able to figure out watch this this gets more powerful in verse number eight we're speaking mysteries which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known they would not have crucified the lord of glory who crucified jesus you'd say that the romans did it who crucified jesus you could say that the jews did it who crucified jesus the rulers of this age that the bible is referring to is satan and his demonic force So if you read this with an understanding, he said, we're speaking mysteries that Satan and none of his forces knew. For had they known the plan of God for Jesus, then they would not have nailed him to a cross. They would not have pierced him in a side. If they knew that by his stripes you would be healed, they would not have whipped him the way that they whipped him. But because he spoke it in the mystery, the enemy didn't know and did what he did. But now God was able to do what he wanted to do because it was in a mystery. When I'm speaking in an unknown tongue, I'm talking to God about things that's none of the devil's business. I'm talking about things that my mind not may not even be ready enough to, to be in communion with God about. Come on, somebody. There's things about your future that are bigger than your brain's capacity. And you could get to the point where, ooh, I don't see how. I know that came out of my mouth, God, but I don't just see how that could ever be. I mean, the doctor said that we're infertile. I mean, you showing me I'm speaking about my baby. And the doctor said I'll never be able to have a baby. I'm, I'm talking to you, God, about our future. And I don't even see how we're going to even. When John the Baptist was about to be born. Elizabeth received an angel and sure enough, I mean, her husband received an angel as well. And he was about to, he was like, how can this? And he said, the angel said, you know what? You're going to mess this up. So you are not going to be able to say anything. Come come on. You are not going to be able to speak because you can mess stuff up about the plan of God with your mouth. Because death and life, come on, are in the power of the tongue. 
So what what speaking in other tongues allows you to do is to speak life about dead situations that is a mystery to you and the devil doesn't need to know. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. There's this story of a true story about in World War II. The United States was being beaten by Japan. And one of the reasons why they were being beaten is because every time the United States would try to advance, they would know what their plan was. And what they found out is that Japan was intercepting radio communications amongst the ranks. And if they say, you know, all right, well, we're going to head up this cliff and come around on this side, then the Japanese army would be there and ambush them and and beat them at their own games, particularly in Saipan, the island of Saipan. And so the code was broken. They're saying it in English, and, and you know, for red we mean white, and for, for blue we mean up. And so if I say go red and, and, and blue, you know, you knew what I meant. But they broke that code. Somebody had the idea that the Navajo language is one of the diff, most difficult. You literally have to be a Navajo Indian or learn specifically from a Navajo. It's not like France or, you know, French or, 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 or Spanish or, you know, other widely. You know, the Japanese could send somebody to get these other languages and break the code. But somebody had the idea to go to the Navajo Indians and say, hey, listen, you all are... <laughs> I'm going to do hi ya ya and I'm not, I'm not playing with tongues, okay? Don't, don't get mad at me. You know, they're down there on that Navajo reservation talking about hi ya ya and whatever hi ya ya mean, right? And they say, you know, my, that's one of the most difficult languages to learn. Is it possible that we can use you guys as code talkers? You can talk about young bear and, and, and white horse and, 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 you know, use different things. And, and white horse means a tank. Come on, and, and young bear means this. And they developed a code based off of the Navajo language, which was unbreakable and uncrackable. Come on, the enemy didn't know it. Matter of fact, they thought that they were talking underwater. Come on, somebody. There was one particular battle in Saipan where the, the United States, we were getting our butts kicked. Oh, can I say that? Oh, I'm so sorry if that offends you. We were getting beat up really bad. <laughs> We were getting we were getting beat, beat up really bad, and, and and there was a Navajo that was able to say something to another Navajo that was on the other end and understood, and they called in air support, and all of a sudden the the the, 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 the forces were able to win. And that's what happens when you're speaking in tongues. The enemy may be trying to get the best of you. And every time you try to go over here, and every time you try to go over there, and every time you do this, but all of a sudden because you spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is talking mystery language that the devil can't figure out. Hallelujah. What else am I believing when I'm speaking? I'm believing that I'm speaking mysteries, but I'm also believing that God will speak to me as a result. Because understand this, prayer in other tongues is prayer. Come on, prayer in the Spirit is prayer. And anytime you pray, you get an answer. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't know. He said in Isaiah 28 and 11, for with stammering lips, 
stammering lips, stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. How many of y'all know prophetically this verse is absolutely talking about speaking in other tongues? If you've ever spoken other tongues, if you speak in other tongues, and if you speak in tongues in the future, you'll notice your lips are stammering. With stammering lips and another tongue. He will speak to this people. What is he saying? By you praying out mysteries about your life and your family and your church and your city, God, as a result of you speaking to him, will speak back to you. So I believe that when I speak in tongues that God will speak to me what I don't know. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, how am I doing today? All right, let me give you another one. Hey, my job is to stir you up if you're already baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? That means when you, th- this will help you if you're already baptized. Because sometimes some people were baptized, but they don't speak in tongues every day. Matter of fact, they wait to real emotional moments when things are really hard and they start crying in prayer. And then they wait to those emotional times. Hey, he said pray at all times in the Spirit and on every occasion. This is something that ought to be a part of your everyday prayer life. If you're not doing this every day, then my job is to stir you up, to show you what value there is when you do it. And if you're not yet baptized, my job today is to make you thirsty. A good teacher will lead the horse to water, but an excellent teacher will make the horse thirsty first. Come on, somebody. I pray that by the time that I finish this, you'll be so thirsty to be baptized that you'll just run up here to the altar. Amen. Let's look at the next one. He who speaks in a tongue, this is 1 Corinthians 14, 14, edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So many people have taken 1 Corinthians 14 and just messed it all up. He's trying to bring order where there was chaos. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The first part of this verse is true just as much as the second part. If I got up here and spent the whole hour preaching to you in an unknown tongue, none of you would get anything out of it because you don't know the language that I'm speaking. Right? So he said, I'd rather speak to you 10 words in a language that I do know than to speak 10,000 words in a language that you don't know. That just makes good sense. And if I were to speak in tongues, I'm doing myself good, but I'm not doing you good. But if I speak by inspired utterance in a language you do understand, which is prophecy, then I will build you up. I will edify the church. So let's get back to the first part. There's value here. What am I believing when I'm speaking in other tongues? I am believing that I'm charging myself like a battery and generating power. Leave it up for a moment. That I'm charging because he said, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. How many of you all have a cell phone or something that you have to plug into a charger? That should be in this day of age, 100% of us from the youngest to the oldest. (laughs) All of us have devices that use power, use energy throughout the day and can come to a point where they quit. And as a Christian, you should use power to live right, use power to talk right, and never get to the point where you want to quit. 
But why we see believers at that point where they want to give in and throw up the towel and quit even on life is because they have not spent time praying in other tongues. Because the Bible says when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're edifying yourself. You're strengthening yourself. You're charging yourself. Edificio in Espanol means to build up or a building. Come on, somebody. When you pray in tongues for 15 minutes a day or for an hour during the day, you are plugging yourself into the wall. Amen. So when somebody cuts you off in traffic, instead of giving them the finger, come on, you hallelujah. Glory to God. Just go right ahead. When somebody, you get tired of that person on the job because you got spiritual energy rather than giving them a piece of your see, You know, that's the last time I'm going to have you say that to me because, you know, you think I look all nice and you know I go to church. But, girl, you got another thing coming. How did you get to that point? I know they're going to write me up. They can write me up. But I'm going to let you know that you are not. You hear me? You. How we got believers at that level? That they done ran out the power of patience. What do I believe when I'm speaking in tongues? I believe that I'm charging my own self like a battery. You all remember in the old church they used to say, little prayer, little power. And then they would say, much prayer, much power. If you've been experiencing little power in your life, then the Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In the Amplified, it means makes tremendous power available. I am a spiritual power generator. If you've ever come in here and received spiritual strength, it's not because I'm back there watching on what I should say or looking up on the Internet and downloading the message. It's because I'm back there. (laughs) I'm praying in other tongues. I'm speaking mysteries. Come on. God is answering me and giving me what to say. In our storage unit, we've got a power portable generator. All we got to do is hit the switch. And anything we plug into that, it'll run a whole campsite just generating its own power. And the Bible says that when you pray in an unknown tongue, you are edifying yourself, charging yourself, but you're also making power available for somebody else. The best way to pray for your husband or your wife, future husband, future wife, the best way to pray for your children, future children, wayward children, children that's doing good. It's to pray in other tongues because you don't know what's going on with them at school anyway. Johnny, come home all nice and everything. And you don't know what they've been doing, tempted to do. The Holy Ghost knows. You can bypass that mental limitation by praying to God. What else? Jude chapter 1. I love this. This is your Bible. Jude writes to say, but you, beloved. Talking to believers. Building up yourselves. We talked about that. But notice this. On your most holy faith. How do you build yourself up in faith? The Bible said that Abraham, being not weak in faith, considered not his own body being dead. Neither did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb, being that she was almost 100 years old. 
but was strong in faith. You mean you can be weak in faith and strong in faith? Yeah, when you're faced with things that are seemingly impossible, it is important for you to build yourself up on your faith, not what you see, but build yourself up on your faith, not what the doctor is saying. You build yourself up on your faith. How do I get stronger faith? By praying in the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in the Holy Ghost, then you're limited. This is one of the reasons I can confidently say that God wants every believer to speak in tongues because he is not the kind to make this available to some people, but not available to other people. He is no respecter of persons. If he gives Paul access to this, thank God he's an apostle, but I want access to that. I want my sons to have access to that. I want my wife to have access to that, right? So what's the next one? I want you to know when you're believing, when you're speaking, believe that you're building yourself up on your faith. We're believing for six acres of land. To pay for six acres of land with about a hundred to hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and we're not just believing for to do this. We believe we're believing to do this in multiple parts of our community. I'd love to see a campus in Katy, a campus in Cyprus, a campus right here. As a matter of fact, there's about five acres of land behind us. I'd like to see it in Porter, Texas. Come on, and anywhere else that we can get folks that want life from the Word of God. They don't just put McDonald's on one corner. <laughs> Amen. But this, this, just the land alone could cost $800,000. We don't have $800,000 in the bank. That could make my head go tilt. We're trying to believe God for $25,000. These buildings will cost at least, to do it right and have it like a state-of-the-art facility, we should believe for $10 million. And not to have to go with our hat in the hand to a bank and ask them to give us the money to build God's house. We ought to be able to go to God and say, God, provide for your children a house for your worship. So for me, this is my faith. When I drive by a vacant piece of land, I just happen to drive by, and it just, because I've done this over and over again, it just naturally came out of my mouth. Father, we thank you for our lands, our buildings, our equipment, our vehicles, our houses, our aircraft, all debt-free to the glory of your name. What am I doing? I'm speaking to what is to me. You might think that this is possible, but for me, this is like an impossibility. But how do I stay strong? How do I envision it? How do I see it? How do I get past, uh, you know, where, where we are right now? I do it because I build myself up on my faith. What about you? Maybe you have a vision for your marriage and what's going on right now is not what you had hoped. You didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up for you to talk to me like that. I didn't sign up for you to treat me like that. I didn't sign up for you to do this or to do that. Whatever, Or maybe you're an unmarried person. 
Maybe you had that with somebody at one point, but it's lost for whatever reason. And it, for you, looks like an impossibility. I can't teach on this without thinking about this statistic. Somebody said that it's more likely for you to get struck by lightning than for you to get married. What is it that's seemingly an impossibility that when you look at it, it it, is just like, I don't believe there's no way that this could ever be better than it is right now. Maybe the doctor told you that you're infertile and you don't have the ability to have a child. What I'm telling you, what Jude is telling you, the beloved, build up yourself on what you're believing for God for by praying in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you're believing to finally be debt free. And by the way, I counted she's got he or she, I don't know, because these days, you know, pink, I guess. They got fourteen hundred dollars in their hand. I'd love to have that fourteen hundred dollars right now. But maybe you're believing to pay off a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or or to be able to own how many of you would like to have your home debt free? That $30,000 car paid off in full. Whatever it is that you're believing for, that you see that's rightfully yours in the word of God, how do you stay strong in faith when you're staring at an impossibility? You do it. Maybe the doctor's giving you a diagnosis. The doctor told me that I would be on high blood pressure. And sure enough, I, I thanked her for her information. I found out what do I need to do naturally so I don't have to have this. I thought that when you got on blood pressure medicine, you'd be on blood pressure medicine for the rest of your life. You might think that once you get on diabetic me- medicine, whether it be the pill or the shot or whatever else they come up with, come on somebody, that you'd be on that for the rest of your life. But God's word said that by his stripes you were healed. He said, I took your infirmities, I bore your sickness, and with your stripes you made your... Come on, somebody. The Bible says that it's one of my benefits. So every time I took that lisinopril, come on, somebody. Every, every time I took that blood, I said, in the name of Jesus. Remember, there is power in the name of Jesus. The power that's in the name of Jesus come through the person that's authorized to use that name. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you receive power. So I spoke by faith. I did my exercise by faith. Amen. Went to the gym five times last week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and on Saturday. I'm like an athlete. That's right. I'll race anybody in here. Brother Sherelle included. He was at the gym yesterday. I'll race you with a foot race after church. We can run in our, in our Sunday shoe. I did my exercise. I spoke by faith, but I prayed in tongues. Went back to the doctor after several months, actually after a year or so. Lost the weight, spoke the word, stood strong in faith. She took me off the blood. I don't take any blood pressure medicine, and my blood pressure is normal. But maybe you've gotten a life-ending diagnosis that this sickness is unto death. Like the building is for me. This might be for you, that you'll always, I done got to the point now, Brother Demetrius, every time I put on my, my reading glasses, I say out loud, my eyes are getting better and better, stronger and stronger to the point I don't even need glasses to read. 
I'm speaking my faith. But also when I'm praying in tongues, because normally your eyes don't get better, though, you get they get worse, right? So what are you doing to keep yourself strong in faith? Jude says, beloved, build yourself up on your faith. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm concluding with number eight so I can minister. Number eight. I'm praying the perfect will of God. Romans chapter 8. Pastor Tony, I sent you a text. The Father knows all hearts, knows what is the Spirit. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. What I'm believing is that I'm praying God's perfect will for my life. I want you to stand up on your feet. What is the conclusion then? I'm going to pray with the Spirit. I'm going to pray in tongues. And I'm going to pray in the understanding. I'm done with this series. I'm not going to pressure you to speak in tongues. I did my job. 